writing expert, author and life coach. I'm so excited to have my name sister with me. Esther Bangura is a financial educator from London who is passionate about personal finances and especially budgeting. After losing 55% of her income at the age of 35, with 18,000 pounds in debt, no savings and 800 pounds short every month, Esther was able to bounce back. Using her unique pay-yourself-first budgeting method, she doubled her income, became debt-free, started saving and investing and is buying her first property. Esther now helps women, students and couples master their budget, save money, become debt-free and achieve financial freedom on their own terms. Welcome, dear Esther. I'm so happy to have you here. Me too. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction and thank you for inviting me I'm on your platform today. I'm really excited what we're going to talk about. Yes, and let's start right away. I'd like to hear all the details of your story. When was your big turning point in your life and what had happened before? I got married very young at the age of 21. Um, I met my husband and we got married. And, you know, when we got married, we were both very good at earning money. You know, we both had good jobs. We both, you know, would apply for promotions and get it. You know, so we had money coming in, but we never knew how to manage it. We didn't know how to budget. You know, nobody taught us. We There was nobody that we could learn from. It was almost like this secret thing about managing finance. And for years, we just kept living and living and getting into so much debt. And just that vicious cycle that, that people are in now, living payday to payday. And it really wasn't until we decided to change careers in 2017 that it kind of hit us in the face, you know, how bad we were with our finances. And it was then when I realized that I was 800 pounds short every month, that I, I was in so much debt that I couldn't keep up. And that was really the turning point for me. It was just realizing that I couldn't continue the way that I was, you know, and that I needed to really pay attention to my finances, just as I did everything else in life and improving my health, personal development, even managing my finances was just as important. So that was the turning point for me. You know, I knew that if I didn't pay attention to managing my finances at that age, that I would never be able to. So that was the turning point, I would say. How long did it take that you took action? So I took action straight away. And, you know, with managing personal finance, it really is a journey. So it's not like a destination where you kind of give yourself three months. It really is a lifestyle. So I'm still on that journey. But it did take me 22 months to pay off my debts. Mm. And then it took me... After paying off my debts, it took me another four months to save for four months emergency fund. Mm -hmm. So it did take some time. But like I said, you know, personal finance is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So I am continuously improving. I'm continuously developing my financial skills and learning every day. 
How can you do that? Pay back so much money. I had two options. It was either, you know, I hired a really expensive financial advisor and I didn't have any money for them to advise me on. So it didn't really make sense going down that road. Or I would go to the debt management, you know, the welfare service, but then I was earning some money. So these two options weren't really available to me. But instead, I found an online, a women's online accountability program. It was a six month program. And can you believe it, Esther? I had to pay, you know, um, 15 pounds, which is about $20 to be on this program. But I didn't have any money. I was already 800 pounds short. Yeah. So for me, the first decision I had to make is whether or not I was willing to make this investment in myself you know, to learn the skills that I needed in order to be where I needed to be. And so I decided that although I didn't have the money, that I wasn't able to learn this on my own. So I signed up to the program, you know, and I committed to it for six months. I hmm. did all the challenges. I read all the books they suggested. I attended all the meetings. And as you can imagine with the time difference, some of these meetings were 12 o'clock midnight, one o'clock midnight, you know, sometimes it was during my lunch hour and I really took it serious and I mm. took all the actions and by budgeting, you know, tracking where my money was going. And I think the main thing was me learning about who I was with my money, really discovering, you know, my money mindset, my money values, the ideologies that I grew up with, you know, what I saw my parents do with money. And, you know, how society has taught me to be with money. I would say that was what brought the transformation. When it comes to finances, it really is, you know, 80% is your mindset and 20% is about the numbers. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't only just focus on, you know, the physical aspect of money, but I spent a lot of time understanding who I was. And that's what gave me the biggest breakthrough. Hmm. Who were you before Esther, before this breakthrough? So I was the kind of Esther that loved to give, right? I love to give. I was a people pleaser and I was the kind of Esther that would make decisions not based on putting herself first, but how she can make everyone else happy. Mm. And what would happen is because I sacrifice myself so much that in the end I would help other people but I would then resent the help that I gave and I would be angry with myself mm. because most of the time you know that you know I would even give my rent money to somebody if they needed it <laughs> and I didn't know how to have the balance you know I would always I felt that for me to help others I always had to sacrifice myself and the new Esther has learned you know, I can have both and I don't have to sacrifice myself. I can give, but also take care of myself and also put my needs first. Um, and so that was the journey that I, I had to go on is, is creating healthy money boundaries for myself where I could still give, but it doesn't mean that I have to give and put myself at risk of losing my home, hmm. you know, because I've given somebody my rent money and then now I have to think, oh my goodness, how am I going to pay my rent? 
you're so sweet so you weren't the one who was spending money on clothes or vacation or so so you were mostly of the time you were giving your money away yes you know about let me say about 60 percent of my income was helping other people and even when my husband met me he just wouldn't understand you know like if somebody visited and we had the last of something i would give it away and I remember the one of the first lessons I learned, you know, being married is that I had to kind of just because I wanted to give something away doesn't mean that he did. And so he made me start to learn just because I want to give it away doesn't mean everybody else did. So I had to accept that and kind of consult with him to say, hey, you know, I'd love to give this away. And he made me realize, you know, that I had a problem. <laughs> Where does it come from? How did your parents consider money? Were they spenders, savers, avoiders? So I would say that, you know, my my mum, who I grew up with, my mum's a big giver. Similar, I think I got it from her. She would give her last away. She is such a helpful person. She will help everybody. And I saw her, you know, sacrifice herself in order to help other people. So I think I definitely got that just from seeing how she was and how she managed finances. And I guess I realized, you know, at the age of 35, I realized that I could no longer blame her or I could no longer use the excuse that, oh, this is what my childhood was. Because at the age of 35, I was making decisions on my own. You know, I was an adult. I could do what I wanted to do. And I realized actually, I need to change this. I can no longer use the excuse that I saw this during my childhood because I'm an adult. I can decide that I no longer want to manage my finances this way and learn the skills that I needed to learn and develop myself, you know, in order to do better. How about your father? So my father, um, him and my mum broke up when I was five. So I never really grew up. I never really got to see how my dad was with finances. But I know that he made some good money decisions that did help the family. But he didn't make a lot of money good decisions as well that kind of led him to, um, to live in poverty for a good number of, of years. But interestingly, my mum shared a story with me, you know, that when she got married to my father, and I never got to experience this because I was very young. But when she married my father, you know, my mom would give everything away. And, and my father would say, no, look, you know, OK, I'm going to buy you a box of sugar. You know, back then they used sugar cubes. You'd buy the <laughs> box and they were in cubes. And my dad said to my mom, I want you to count the cubes. There are 100 cubes in this packet. And so if you and I are drinking tea every day, we're going to have one cube each. That means that you're going to have 40 cubes left. And these 40 cubes you can give to your family. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. My father knew how to, you know, how to manage mm -hmm. and how to plan ahead and make sure that his family, you know, were provided for, but he could also provide to other families. And, you know, when she shared that with me, I felt sad because I feel like I missed out on learning, you know, certain principles from him. Mm. So I didn't learn much from my, my father myself, but I've learned just from the stories that my mother has shared 
you know, that I could have probably learned a great deal. And now you learned how to budget. Do you have these chores or how do you do it? I learned from other financial experts. You know, I learned from um, reading books as well. Nowadays, there's so much information online. So I leverage that. But I also taught myself my own unique way of budgeting. And that's what I teach other people is that although there are books and there are experts, it's very good to go on your own individual journey and develop your own way of budgeting, develop your own style, because we all have different money personalities. And depending on your money personality, that will determine how you budget, you know, and how you manage your finances. What is your special way to teach? So my special way is the pay yourself first budgeting method. And it really just revolves around starting with the end in mind. So most people, you know, once they get paid in the UK, when we work, the tax man takes, you know, their money first and then we get paid the rest. And most of the time people will pay their bills. And then depending on what is left, that's when they will decide how much they will save, how much they would invest. But in my budgeting method, I get people to do it the other way around. I get them to think about their goals in life and what they want to achieve. And I get them to prioritize those mm. things and to think about, you know, saving first and investing first and having a fun pot and saving towards gifts, you know, saving towards giving. Because most of the time, what we're paying our bills, it consumes a lot of our income. And by the end of the day, people sit down and they look at their bank statement and they've paid all these bills, but they've not really achieved the goals that are meaningful to their life. So by getting them to focus on their goals and reflect on their goals, they're able to minimize how much they're spending on things that don't matter to them. So this is my unique style of budgeting. Mm. What was the book which helped you the most? The book? Oh my goodness. I wonder if there is one book. I wouldn't say there is one. There's a few books that have helped me. Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad um, was one of the, the first books that helped me in understanding the difference between having a job and having a business and diversifying your income and being self-employed and that it's important to have all of these things in different ways. So even like now, you know, I have a, a job that I do, but I'm also self-employed and I run a business. So that's one of the books that kind of really got me to see that it's not good just to have a job, that it's good to, yes, you can have a job, but it's also good to have a business and other things that you're doing. Another book that helped me with my overall finance is a book by a lady called Bola Sukumbi, and it's called Save Money, Ditch Debt and Build Wealth. It was a very practical book. You know, it's the book that even now I will go to if I want to learn a specific thing or if I want to take action on a specific thing, I can just open it and just get some tips or get some actions and, and go away with it. But there has been quite, quite a few books, I would say. Oh, great. And now you're helping other women or couples. How do you do it? So the way I do it is I um, offer one-to-one -one coaching which I absolutely enjoy. You know, I'm very much a people's person. And, you know, when it comes to finances, people feel ashamed, they feel guilty, they feel embarrassed. So sometimes 
the group setting doesn't always work for them. So I provide one-to-one coaching where I, you know, review their budget and we come up with a budgeting strategy. Um, I help them to establish their goals for their finances. And then we discuss any like pain points that they're having, any challenges. And I offer suggestions on how they can overcome this. And I also have like ongoing accountability. But I am thinking of creating a course just so that I can offer something to those that might still be feeling shy to talk to a, you know, a financial expert about their finances and would rather, you know, do it, do it on their own. I imagine it needs a little bit of overcoming fear and all the shame and other feelings talking to you or talking to an expert. Yes and no. So one of the things that I do to overcome that is I'm very open about my journey and my story. And even on my social platforms, I talk a lot about, you know, the mistakes that I've made and how I've learned from them just to kind of help people to overcome that shame for them to know that they're not alone. It's, it's very common, you know, what they've gone through, other people have gone through, and there is a way to overcome that. It's just one of those things where, you know, a lot of people can do the work on their own, depending on what work they want to get done, but they can get quicker results um, when they do work with an expert. And I find that, you know, when I see my clients, sometimes the problems they think they have is not what they have. So I'm able to kind of help them dig in deep. So we get to the real issue and the real problem so that we can help them to achieve their goals quicker. What, what do you mean it's not the problem itself or it's deeper? Some people think that I just need to make more money. Mm. You know, they think that the reason why my finances is the way it is, the reason why I'm struggling is because I'm not earning enough and I need to just, you know, go to school to get a higher paying job. I need to apply for a promotion or I need to get a second job. They just think having more money will solve the problem when really it's not having more money, but it's their mindset about money. You know, it's them sort of believing that they are good enough to have money and to look after it and to manage it well. Um, it's them just having the basic financial management skills and understanding how to budget, understanding how to say no to things that are not really that important in their life. So some people think it's a money issue when sometimes it's not. So that's kind of what, what I mean by going in deep. It's usually more than what they think on the surface level. Mm -hmm. So I help to kind of uncover that almost like the onion skin. I help to remove, you know, different layers to get them to see what the, the core problem is. Oh, that's a beautiful image. Yeah, I like that. One important lesson you've learned and you would like to share with our audience. I would say that, you know, what, whatever it is that, that you want to achieve, whatever goal that you have, you know, if you imagine the life that you want to live, just go on that journey. Go on that journey to discover what that is. And things don't necessarily have to be 100% perfect in order for you to go on that journey. I find that a lot of people hold themselves back because they're waiting for the situation to be perfect. You know, they're waiting to have everything right. They want to have all the experience or all the knowledge about the particular 
something that they're trying to achieve. But I would just encourage you to just go on that journey. Take the first step and go on the journey of self-discovery because you're really not going to have all of the answers that you need until you go on that journey. So just do it, go on the journey and be open to, you know, what that experience and that process will will bring. Mm, beautiful. What helped you the most to overcome the fear? I mean, the fear of looking at, at you, at your money, debts. What was it? One of the things that held me back was like, who am I to think that I can achieve that? You know, even though I wanted to get out of debt, there was this voice inside. You know, who do you think you are to be debt free? Everybody, you know, has debt. We live in a system that encourages debt. Why do you think you deserve to be debt free? And so one of the things that helped me was overcoming my own limiting beliefs and really just understanding what they were. You know, what did I think about money? How did I feel about money? What were the stories that I was telling myself about money? Because these things held me back. You know, they held me back from achieving my goals. And the minute I was able to uncover and understand these limiting beliefs and the stories I was telling myself and realizing, well, you know, if this wasn't true, what else would I do differently? And then just focusing my energy on that, you know, okay, I'm telling myself that I don't deserve financial freedom, but if I did deserve it, you know, what would I do differently? And I focused on that. And by focusing on the positive behavior, I found that I was able to overcome these beliefs and I was able to replace them with a more wealthy money mindset over time. Where can people reach you, Esther? You can reach me on my website at bossofmymoney.com. You can also find me on Instagram at bossofmymoney. Wonderful. So one last word, Esther. So my last words would be, and this kind of relates to your amazing platform that you have that has helped me so much. So, you know, you, you're aware that I, you know, have dyslexia. And so me sort of writing and being comfortable with my story and sharing my story, it's always been a struggle of mine. And I found your platform to be really helpful. I love listening to your podcast. I am a big fan of it because it's helped me so much to overcome certain mindsets around, you know, sharing my story. And so my last words would be, you know, to anybody listening, that your story is important. Your story does matter and your story can make a difference to other people. So definitely just go on that journey to understand your story and to tell your story and even write your story. You know, you will make such a big difference in this world by doing that. Oh, thank you so much, Esther. I love your story and I'm so glad that you shared your story and you shared how you overcame all your debts. And now that you're helping other women to, to do the same, I'm, and I'm so glad that my podcast, my teachings helped you also with your mindset. This is wonderful. So thank you so much, Esther, for having been here and having shared your story. Thank you too for this amazing opportunity um, and allowing me to share my story. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Esther.